Hello, and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. Vapor rub, that's what she would do. Get an old sock, tie it around your throat. Anybody, you were raised doing that stuff. Um, It's always great in the middle of the night when the safety pin pops open and just sticks you. (laughs) right in the throat and it happens too you know what I'm talking about struggles real man that's tough um, but anyway that's what I'm looking forward to doing um, good news is Colts don't play till four and so you can get a nap in wake up and then watch them happen anyway um, man I just feel like after Thanksgiving it's kind of like a just a decompression you know there's a lot of you know amped up things going on I was sitting in the choir room before everybody came out and and it's time to go out and they all just kind of look at each other right and like okay we're gonna stand up now (laughs) Kathy Kathy said I'm gonna stand up and that's easier said than done Um, and uh, sometimes it can be like that right after after Thanksgiving and and now we're ramping up into another holiday and just kind of the demands of of the time and we're wrapping up the end of a end of a year and just want to encourage you that that many times in a race if you're running a marathon the last mile is the best mile um, because you know that it's coming to an end and so you run a little bit harder and you push uh, with whatever you've got left so just want to encourage you as you wrap up 2018 um, everything that you got right um, whatever you've got left in the tank in 18 um, just give it your best whatever those maybe New Year's resolutions or things that, man, this is what I want 18 to be marked by, or this is what I want to see happen in my marriage or my job or my own personal health or personal devotion, just that we would finish strong, right? I um, want to wrap up our series this morning on Thanksgiving um, and specifically talk about what we do with our mouth. How many of y'all know the mouth is one of the hardest things on the planet to put a bridle on? It's one of the hardest things on the planet to try to get your hands around. Uh, it's one of the hardest things on the planet to try to tame or to try to take mastery over. And so we're going to jump in here in the scripture that I shared two weeks ago um, in Psalm chapter 100. So if you're flipping with me in your Bibles today, go to Psalm 100. And uh, appreciate Andrew preaching last week and, uh, and talking about Thanksgiving and, and where we need to, to be with that. One of my biggest takeaways was to be thankful in to be thankful in every circumstance, not necessarily thankful for every circumstance. Maybe y'all know we're not thankful for all the pain and all the hurt, but we can be thankful in the midst of it that God is gonna produce something in us. Man, that's just maturity, right? That's just a big time uh, perspective in order to live in that way. And I really believe that Thanksgiving is a dimension of living. It really is a mindset that we can have. So let's dive in here to Psalm chapter 100. And notice how much thanksgiving has to do with your mouth, how much it has to do with what you say. Psalm 100 and verse 1. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with a joyful song. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, his sheep from his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. 
give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord, he is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. It's interesting how many times that the Bible is saying, have a song on your mouth, sing for joy, all the people. The way that you ought to look at God should cause something to go off inside of your heart. And we know that the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. If you want a kind of a picture into somebody's heart, just listen to what they say. You'll know what they're passionate about. Man, they really like sports. That's all they talk about. There's something deep-rooted inside of their heart. Man, all they talk about is politics. They just love it. There's just something inside of their all the time. They just talk about their wife's weaknesses all the time. They must love those things. That's a joke. <clears throat> they just, they, whatever's going on inside of you is going to spill out of you, right? And so if there is a song of joy in your heart, it means that you're seeing God for who he is. We don't get distracted by these lessers. We've got our eyes fixed on something greater. One of the things that I do with my children is I read to them um, before we go to bed. And we have this book. It's called The Treasury of Mother Goose. And it's a pop-up book and it's got just cool pictures and illustrations and the kids love it and and uh, you can never fold it down right and all the pages are curled over right and end up mother goose's head gets folded off and whatever happens you know in this book <coughs> what i've noticed is how crazy some of these 200 year old stories are like crazy like abusive weird like, I can't believe I'm reading this to my child as I'm sending them off to bed. Jonathan, she's like, yeah, I did the same thing. It's my kids are forever messed up. Can I just read a couple of these little fairy tale to you? There was a little girl, and she had a little curl right in the middle of her forehead. When she was good, she was very, very good. But when she was bad, she was horrid. Okay, children, let's go to sleep now. <laughs> How about this one? And it even comes with a, with a picture. It's got a tree, a baby. You probably know it. Rockabye baby on the treetop. And when the wind blows, the cradle will rock. And when the bow breaks, the cradle will fall. And down will come baby cradle and all. All right, kids, get in the cradle. Let's go to sleep. <laughs> Is this crazy? What are we doing? What are we saying to our, to our kids? A couple more I would like to read to you just because it's fun. <laughs> Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater, had a wife but couldn't keep her. He put her in a pumpkin shell and there he kept her very well. Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater, had another and didn't love her. All right, kids, who's excited about marriage? <laughs> Should we pray for our spouses now? All right, let's pray. Let's pray for our spouses, and I hope they like pumpkins because that's where we're gonna keep them. Is that crazy? These are just crazy, man. There's a cow jumping over a moon. A dish running with the spoon. What else we got here? London Bridge is falling down. Falling down, falling down. 
London Bridge is falling down. My fair lady. Who has stole my watch and chain? Watch and chain, watch and chain. Who has stole my watch and chain? My fair lady. Off to prison you must go. You must go. You must go. Off to prison you must go, my fair lady. All right, kids, let's bring it in for a hug. All right. (laughs) There was an old woman who lived in a shoe. She had so many children she didn't know what to do. She gave them some broth without any bread, then whipped them all soundly and put them to bed. (laughs) You should have ate when it was dinner time. I'm not feeding you now, go to bed. How many of y'all do that one? Man, it seems like they've never experienced bedtime before. Like we say, hey guys, let's go to bed. And then we put them to bed and they're like, but I I wanna go grab a toy, but I don't have the right blanket. Oh, I didn't, I didn't brush my teeth. I want to go get a drink. I mean, this, is, this should take 30 seconds. It takes 30 minutes to figure out what we're supposed to do at bedtime. Jack and Jill. <laughs> they went up a hill to fetch a pail of water. And Jack fell down and he broke his crown. And Jill came tumbling after. Up Jack got, and home did trot as fast as he could caper, and went to bed and plastered his head with vinegar and brown paper. (laughs) When Jill came in, how she did grin to see Jack's paper plaster. Mother vexed did whip her next for causing Jack's disaster. (laughs) Aren't we thankful for our siblings, children? All right. Lady bird, lady bird, fly away home. Your house is on fire and your children are all gone. (laughs) This is demonic. I don't know what's going on with these children's stories. Three little kittens they lost their mittens and they began to cry. Oh, mother dear, we sadly fear that we have lost our mittens. What? Lost your mittens, you naughty kittens? Then you shall have no pie. Meow, meow, meow. You shall have no pie. Go to bed. Isn't it interesting? that we don't even realize necessarily what we say sometimes. We don't even realize words that we're speaking over our children. Perhaps we would even say, well, this is just how my dad talked to me, and this is how granddaddy talked to my dad, and this is just how we've always done it in this family. We're Myers. We treat each other like this. That's how we speak to each other. We're Harolds. We talk like this. I'm a, I'm a Jessup. We speak to, right? Why? Well, because we've always done it this way. Because these stories are from the 1600s, some of them. I was looking up the history. I'm like, these, this isn't, isn't right. Let me see what they were thinking on this. Some of them from the 1800s. Well, we've just been doing it for centuries is how we speak to each other. So I just assume that's what the mouth is for. The mouth is to speak curses 
over each other. The mouth, the mouth is supposed to tell little children that their houses are on fire. Now we're gonna, we're gonna whip them and we're not gonna feed them. That's what we're supposed to tell our children when we send them off to bed. Why? Because we've always done it that way. This is how I always treat my employees. This is how I always talk back to my wife. This is how I always talk to my boss. It's just what we do here. It's the culture. It's just what we do. Rather than saying, I don't have to have to come underneath something that's far less than what God has called that I can try to raise the bar in how we speak in our place of employment. My mouth is used to bless, not to curse. My mouth is supposed to have a song on its lips. My, my mouth is supposed to be a gateway for God just to pour through his glory and his goodness into other people's lives. I can literally be the mouthpiece of heaven. I can speak life to people. In Psalm Chapter 103 in verse two, it says, forget not the Lord's benefits. And I just wonder how many times if we would really truly think about the benefits that God can bring. I think that they're atmospheric many times. Maybe you just can't put it in a test tube and measure it, but I bet you can feel it. And you can feel when you walk into someone's home and it's full of life and it's full of love and it's full of honor and, and encouragement. And you get around those people and man, they just pop your spirit open. And then you get around another crew and just every time that you're with them, it's just, man, life is hard and this is terrible and I don't like this person and I don't like that and they shouldn't have blah, blah, blah. And you can feel it, right? I mean, it's just, it's heavy on you. It wipes you out. It's just, it's belaborsome when people speak like that. And I'm just gonna contend this morning that we would sacrifice our mouths before the Lord. And we would come to the altar and say, Jesus, I just want to lay my mouth before you, that you would cleanse it and purify it. God, that this would be a, an access point. This would be a gate. It would be a, a place of transition where you're able to flow, where you're able to come out and hit people's hearts. In the Bible, it says that the words of a wise man are like nails. The words of a wise man are like Nails, they go forth and they drive through and they hold together and they stick to you. You ever been around a wise person and boom, just nails your spirit. And other people, whenever they speak, their words just fall at their toes. It just doesn't go forth and pop you. It doesn't pierce hearts. There's no power, no substance on them. And I'm just saying, God, would you just take my mouth and utilize it, that you would, you would take it to, to bring life and to pop people's spirits however you can, Lord. In Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And whoever love it, will eat its fruit. You know, I literally have the ability in my tongue to kill or to revive. And I wonder to whatever degree I'm serious with that, will I utilize the tongue as a weapon of destruction or as a source of life and knowing that I can completely destroy this person's dream? And I can completely tear down their heart. And I can just laugh and be cynical about their ideas. And just kind of bring a little bit of an edge all of the time. Just make backhanded comments, right? All of the time. Or, Jesus, I pray that you would baptize my tongue in your spirit. Cleanse it and purify it again. 
Ephesians 4, verse 29, it says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear it. Perhaps just kind of audit, audit your tongue this week. Audit your words. And do you have unwholesome talk that comes out of your mouth? Is there words of malice? And if there's ever times when you think, you know what, I, I feel like I want my mouth to be full of gossip. I'm guessing that's not from God. I think that my mouth should be full of slander. That's probably from God. Maybe my mouth should have some deceit in it. Maybe sarcasm, that's the best road of communication. Maybe I should just have perverse language just because that's how, that's how I was raised, that's what we should do. I should just have some unwholesome, perverse language. And if we consider, man, what is the mouth of God? If I truly say, Jesus, here am I, and I surrender my life to you, do we surrender all and not our tongue? And I would say, God, I want to surrender my tongue to you, that I'm the number one life giver. I'm the number one encourager. I'm going to speak. I'm going to utilize this thing as a source, as a fountain, as a stream of life. James 3, 9 through 12. With it we bless our Lord, our Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and curse. My brethren, this thing ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send from it the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Is it possible from the same fountain to have blessing and cursing? Is it the same fountain that can have, have fresh and bitter? And he says, no, it can't be this way. You can't have one certain thing on your lips when you walk into church and yet as soon as you walk out, you have a totally different tongue on you. He's saying, this isn't, this isn't right. You're a man of mixture. There's five things I saw that bring health benefits when we speak positive. So believe it or not, even if we just don't wanna do it because God would like us to, maybe it'll benefit you if you speak positive. Look at this. Just speaking positive makes us happier. When we do something that is kind for someone else, we feel good. On a spiritual level, many people feel that it is because it's the right thing to do, and so we're tapping into something deep and profound inside of us that says, this is who I am. And we start to rally around this. On a biochemical level, it is believed that the good feeling that we get is due to elated levels of the brain's natural versions of morphine and heroin, which know as a, uh, an indigenous opiates. They cause elated levels of dopamine in the brain, and so we get a natural high often referred to as a helper's high just by being kind to one another. Just by speaking life to each other, it releases dopamine inside of our bodies, inside of our brains, where we get a natural high. We just feel good when we bring life. Speaking positive, number two, is good for the heart. Speaking positive is often accompanied by an emotional warmth. Emotional warmth produces a hormone, oxytocin, in the brain and throughout the body. Of recent interest, it is a, a significant role in the cardiovascular system. 
Oxytocin causes the release of the chemical called nitric oxide in the blood vessels. Isn't this interesting? It which dilates the blood vessels or it expands the blood vessels. This reduces blood pressure and therefore oxytocin is known as the cardioprotective hormone because it protects the heart. Fascinating by you speaking positive things to other people. You're protecting your own life. You're literally doing heart health work. You're literally getting high off of it. You speak life, you, you can get high on your own supply just by doing that. I'm just gonna speak life. I'm gonna have a song of joy on my lips. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just see things in a different way. And it brings life. Speaking positive, number three, it slows aging. Hey, anybody interested in this one? Aging is a biochemical level. And it's a combination of many things, but two of its culprits that speed the process are free radicals and inflammation, both of which result from making unhealthy lifestyle choices. But remarkable research now shows that oxytocin, which can produce throughout emotional warmth, reduces levels of the free radicals and inflammation in the cardiovascular system. And so it slows the aging at its source. Incidentally, these two culprits also play a major role in heart disease. And so this is another reason why speaking positive is good for the heart. You ever see some of the most bitter people possibly have all kinds of blood pressure, all kinds of heart stuff, all kinds of who knows whatever. Why? I'm just angry. I'm frustrated. I want to tell you that you're a loser and I'm, I, you're a jerk. What? It's interesting that if we can control the heart and we can tame the heart, that we truly can live free and maybe live longer if we can bring life to others. Number four, speaking positive, it improves relationships. And I think this one sounds obvious, but check this out. <coughs> it creates an emotional, <coughs> excuse me, an emotional, what they call a bond, and literally it becomes genetic. It's something that is so strong in us that it's actually a genetic thing and we get wired toward one another. So when we don't speak life to our spouses, we don't get bonded or we don't have our, our genes even start to mesh with one another. We have disconnects. When we don't speak life at our jobs, all it is is just fractions. It's just all divided. But we can actually get bonded by speaking life. And number five, last one, speaking positive is contagious. It creates an atmosphere whether people buy in because there is at a place of acceptance and a place of energy and excitement. Everyone wants their own happiness. And so they get contagious with positive. James chapter one and verse 26. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet he does not bridle his tongue, but he deceives in his own heart, the man's religion is worthless. We can come in here and dress up and play church and just keep on talking however we do out there. And he says, your religion is worthless. It ought to impact this. Last scripture. Proverbs 18, verse four says, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is like a bubbling brook. And I don't know about you, but I wanna be a wise man. I want some deep wells within me. I want waters to spill forth that's like, like a brook that people can come and get refreshed and can enjoy. So let's get our mouths back to what they were created for. They were created for worship. They were created for honor. They were created to celebrate. They were created 
to bring life. Amen. If we guard our lips, we truly can guard our lives. That's what Proverbs says. Proverbs 3.13 says, if you guard your lips, you can guard your life. We're going to close this morning. Would you all stand with me as we wrap up? (coughs) And maybe you could just tell the Lord, God, I want to be like this Psalm 100 where where my lips are just full of joy. God, I want to I release some, some natural chemicals inside of my own body to get, to get high on just by bringing life to people. And just ask the Lord just to touch your tongue, just to do a work inside of maybe your own, your own brain or inside of your own mouth. You ever heard the old saying, and this is maybe a good one that we do have from our childhood, if you don't have anything nice to say, <laughs> I didn't see that one in the nursery rhymes, but that probably should have been in there. Man, let's bring life, right? Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for this time of Thanksgiving, and may we be people that are just deeply, deeply rooted in joy and thanksgiving and a perspective, God, that we can bring life and bring honor, even even if the relationship's a little hard, even if this work environment is tough, even if this marriage is a little tight right now, whatever is going on, Jesus, can we still use our mouths for what they were created for? And it's to worship, it's to honor, and it's to bring life. Jesus, I just pray that you would baptize every person's lips, every person's tongue, every person's mouth today, God, and that our religion wouldn't be worthless, but it would be life. It would be energy to all of those who are around us. We honor you in that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're so glad you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.